evening and welcome to the HR committee. I'm Jet Chapman, chair of HR, and I see Lorna Jones is on, our chief HRO, and some of our HR team are on. Um, we'll go ahead and get started with our meeting. Do we have any? Do we start off with our opening um, comments? Is it anyone? Can I take a call? Yes. Oh, sorry. No, no worries. Uh, Trustee Banerjee. Here. Trustee Bouquet is excused. Trustee right. Chapman. Here. And Trustee Esteem. Here. We do have a quorum. Are there any speakers? I do not have any public comment. Okay, all right. We'll go ahead with um, our action items. Approval of our minutes from April 19, 2018. Okay. Approved. I wasn't here. I would like to vote, but I'm not, as long as there's no objections. You can still vote. You can still vote. You've read the minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know whether that's accurate. Got it. Just gonna make that display. I don't care. <laughs> I second. I did read them. They are accurate. So Banerjee and Esteem. Trustee Banerjee. Aye. Trustee Chapman. Aye. Trustee Esteem. The motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have our uh, information discussion on our HR dashboard and organizational effectiveness. Lorna, I see your name first, and then Arlene, and then we'll move to Karen. All right, Karen, do you mind how you guys just want to do that? Sure. Karen, do you mind sharing your screen? You're on mute, Karen. Hi. <laughs> First, let me get off mute. Hello, I'm sorry. I. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> okay, let me get this slideshow going. Uh, hmm. One more, one more try here. We're gonna get this. I need to share my screen. I need to share the screen. I'm, oh, you can see my screen now, and I am going to start this light show. Does that work? Can you all see that? Yes, thank you. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry, I can't see it. Hold on one second. I'm trying to see if I can fix that. No. Minsa? Lorna and uh, Arlene, can you see the screen? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, we can see it on Zoom. We just can't see it on our big screen in the room. Oh. oh okay. But our IT works is here. Well, I'll share with you. Yes, <laughs> That's exactly what I did. That's HR dash. Yeah. I have that. Oh, yeah. oh, there we go. Yay. Yay. Yes. Um, are y'all seeing scribbles all over the screen like yeah. I am? Yeah. How do I how do I yeah, they did that while they were here? So uh how about 
stop sharing and then come back and then start sharing again, Karen, please. Okay. Uh, okay. I can do that. I'm like, hmm. Oh, now my screen looks that way. What? Okay. Uh, stop. Yeah. Share again. I'm sorry, everybody. Hang on. It's not here. <laughs> I know, right? But see, this is why we need to get serious for a few minutes. Not sure what the heck that was. Yeah. That was a little scary. <laughs> that was a little scary. A little weird. Okay. Yeah, we Can you see the dashboard again now? Without pink, pink scribbles on. We still can't see it. So content only. Don't see. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was weird. All right. Lorna, I guess you're on. Sure, I can start. So this is our HR dashboard and this is our talent dashboard. And as you can see, um, actually I'm seeing different- Actually, I think I'm on the wrong slide. I think yeah. I, I apologize all for no these worries. technical difficulties. There we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> as you can see, our um, time to fill inched up a tiny bit, um, 1.94 in days. It went from 64.86 to 66.80. Um, and uh, as you can see in the details, it kind of gives you a snapshot of the reasons why some of these things have been impacted. Um, next up is our time to onboard employees. Um, again, our days ticked up a little bit. We went from 20.86 to 21.50 days, um, just a slight increase from the previous quarter. Um, we, we we attribute this to um, an abrupt departure of our lead onboarding coordinator and just all the movement and changes we've had in talent in the past um, few months. And I know several of you are aware of that and we are working diligently to have those positions filled and to bring back stability to the talent function. Next slide, please. <clears throat> and I don't know if you wanna take it from here, Arlene or Karen. Um, I can. Um, so this is, section is just uh, explaining um, how many of our candidates uh, that apply for jobs, how many of our new hires, and how many what how many people of our current employee population reside in Alameda County. Uh, and so it stays pretty consistent. Although I will say our new hires look like uh, the, the people we knew hired this last quarter, only 53% of them for Alameda County, whereas last quarter it was 64. Otherwise, the other numbers stay pretty consistent as far as who... Uh, who lives in Alameda County. Are there any questions? Nope. Um, nope. Yeah, just, just one question. Sorry. I see on I see under the current employees, it says 311 out of 5477. Yeah, that's a typo. I apologize. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, I, I was just wondering if, if it was something that I... I no. <laughs> that's okay. Thank you. And then um, for the workers' comp loss days, it says... A quarter four, which is a quarter we're in, 4.04 days, and then quarter three was 4.27 days. Um, uh, I think Greg Greg is going to uh, present that information because he okay. over All the right. department. He I'm can ahead answer of myself, sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> Mr. Greg, you're on. Good evening, everyone. I'm Greg Stevens, the Disability Programs Manager. I think I've met a few of you, a few of you before. So for lost days for workers' comp, we did have a slight reduction. It fell from 4.27 average days per FTE to 4.04, which is typically 
tied to productive hours. So with the productive hours uh, fell slightly, so that, that also led to a slight reduction in the lost days. One of the things we're looking at with beta healthcare is benchmarking data. And I put in here benchmarking data for from beta for lost days, which was what I found out was 38 hospitals that they insure. So, and what's different about that is that those 38 hospitals are smaller and uh, do not have a psych facility like we have. So the 2.26 average may not be an apples to apples comparison, but we want to work with beta to get to comparable benchmarking data that we can present to you. Any questions before I go to number of injuries? That was a question for uh, Trustee Bukat, who asked the prior time, how do we compare? Compare with, and he said like Santa Clara and right. some other hospitals. And those were some smaller hospitals, yes. Right. Yes, I don't think any, I don't think there are any questions um, from that. Do we have any questions? Thank you for following up on yes. that. Thank uh, you. Yeah, no, actually for our next meeting, what I'd like to do is, is present uh, benchmarking data that's more comparable to who we are. So we're, we're, we're fairly unique, but there are other Bay Area hospitals that I think we could get comparable data from. So for a number of injuries for the quarter we came down nicely we, we had 14 less injuries uh, over this past quarter and one of the things that i think is going to help us going forward is we've piloted a safe patient handling program at alameda hospital that's up and running and we are in the midst of discussions with nursing leaders at highland to roll out the program at, at highland hospital as well so i think that's going to really help lower our injury rates, especially for patient handling related injuries, which is our number one injury type. Thank you, Greg. Yes. And that's all I had. Okay, thank you, Greg. I have a question for Karen. In You're the welcome. new hires, I know that in the last HR committee meeting, but also in this one in the details that there are a lot of extra outreach happening to local community organizations and the partnership with EDD. Do you see that some of those coming to fruition and seeing you know, an uptick in the local hiring or is it just um, for the new hires that we went from 64 to 53, do you see that being a continuing trend or a dip for this quarter, but you see, do you see any forecast? Um, I'm not able to give you that. I don't know if Lorna or Arlene can, you know, we've had a lot of uh, changes going on in our recruitment team. Um, so I'm not sure what they are targeting right now. Lorna, do you want to answer that? Sure. So I will say that the in the last quarter, um, the prior manager who has now left the organization, though, had done a lot of work with the recruiters and targeting and expanding who they were looking at. Like we started going to more, um, you know, external um, job fairs. Um, some of our recruiters have traveled for those. We have physician recruiters who were going to um, specialty conferences to recruit um, physicians. And so we've done a lot of outreach in the past quarter, which we hadn't in the past, prior, mostly because of the pandemic, right? And a lot of these meetings had went virtual. Um, and we did participate in virtual job fairs, but now we're back 
to kind of doing a hybrid. We're doing a lot of stuff online, but we're also broaching out and going into in-person job fairs and um, conferences. Um, and I do think that will increase. Um, I mean, Arlene can probably speak to it um, better than I can, but she's doing a lot of workforce development, partnering with Roe and Barbara Mwamba from Clinical Education in starting new program programming, especially to get new nurse grads. So Arlene. Sure, thank you, Lorna. Good evening, everyone. Uh, yes, so we are working, we're developing a new nurse graduation program, graduate program, and we're also, uh, looking at apprenticeship programs internally. In terms of external conferences, I'm not sure Trustee Banerjee if your question was locally, but more broadly, we are attending conferences. There are two in September, one in Las Vegas that we will attend in person, a second one on the same exact dates in Las Vegas, which we will, like, we will likely attend virtually. No, I have a question about I have a question about workers comp as well. So go ahead, trustees. Uh, because uh, it seems like patient handling injuries are the majority, and that's 16 of 78. That still leaves quite a few injuries that we don't necessarily know how the breakdown is. Is it possible to get a breakdown of what those injuries are? We know what all the break. We we do we have that. We we talk about it every month at our wars. Needle sticks has gone off the levels, so we're doing quite a bit of work around needle sticks right now. But yeah, you can get a breakdown of all the categories. Do we use a retractable needles? Yes. And it's still. We, we changed the product. Okay. So just a question about the, um, again, uh, um, what Trustee Epstein was saying about the 16 out of 78 injuries. With rolling out the pilot safe patient uh, handling program, are we also looking in that program um, ways to purchase equipment that will assist our employees in being able to lift patients or turn patients over? Or um, is, is there something that's being looked in into for that? That's the pilot at there, and, and it's being actually rolled out here. It's, it's, it's that slippery piece of well I can't remember what it's called but Rose not she would know but yeah it's it's part of the, the education that's going on. We have employees we have a whole lift team that we do not have a lift team. Are we gonna entertain that? I know that uh, I'm pretty sure that um some of the injuries are probably you know with trying to lift patients or trying to get patients up out of the bed or yeah I mean, certainly we could have a discussion internally about a lift team that hasn't come up yet. I think we're kind of waiting to see the impact of our current education and the new equipment we purchased for it. Okay. But thank you for the suggestion. Okay. We can talk about that. In my clinical experience, we had a lift team. It was one guy who knew how to do all this stuff, right? Yeah. And he had a sheet. He had an inflatable thing. Yeah. You know, he had all yeah. the tools. I know John Beer's going to Yes, so it's, very it's, it's not an uncommon thing. And that would be great. Okay. And I think you had also, sorry, and you had also mentioned, Mark, I think last that if it's placed like a lift thing, the place just above the bed or somewhere people use it, whether or where, where the yeah. placement is also. That's that very true. You have That's to manually reason. have to bring it yep. every time to a different room or something. Any other questions? 
All right. Well, thank you very much. <clears throat> we have this last page. Uh, this page. This page is about turnover um, and our turnover for the system versus uh, nursing turnover. And uh, while our turnover has gone down um, this quarter, um, it looks really, it's gone down in all areas. Even our uh, first year turnover and our second year turnover have gone down um, in nursing. Um, uh, same, all of, it, all of it has gone down, uh, which is good. So um, we are seeing less terminations than we did last quarter. You can see we had 142 versus 184. So that's a pretty big difference. So great to see going down. Yeah. Just keep it going down. Yes, like, keep it going down. Yeah. Any questions? Any questions on that? Is there any change to the reason for separation? Like um, right top now. reasons have been resignations. Um, and so we are gleaming some information on those resignations from our exit interview uh, company, which is our, our next slide. Um, but we have also increased um, the number of people that have left due to HR noncompliance. Uh, so we had 34 people this quarter that were let go because of noncompliance of different HR um requirements. Uh, it would be their license, uh, licensure or certifications expired um, or in employee health, they haven't maintained their flu or their TB, um, their respiratory fit, um, respirator fit. So any of those that they have gone through and not complied. Um, and the other one is uh, through the e-learning and the LMS, any required, you know, lessons that were required to be taken. So I think HR has changed uh, a little bit in trying to make sure that if you don't do these, you know, you don't stay compliant in these areas, then you need to, you need to be let go. So I think those have gone up a bit. Do we have a COVID vaccine mandate? I'm sorry? Do we have a COVID vaccination mandate? No longer. Not anymore. We did. We did. And today a memo went out about masking. And so we're going to change our we're changing our masking policy as well as well effective immediately about requirement for masks. So. Any other questions? Okay, thank you. Um, this is our exit interview dashboard. Uh, we just launched it to the organization in May, um, and this is taking data from the Work Institute, who is conducting exit interviews. Uh, and then we are taking their data and compiling it into these dashboards. The business intelligence team has helped us build these dashboards. This, uh, these charts are from the period of April 2023 to the end of June. Um, and this is the, the pie in the middle, the very top pie. That is people's reasons for leaving. Um, and uh, we have health and family uh, management. They want to go out and uh, they aren't seeing as much career development here as they would like. You could see our involuntary terminations is the orange slice of pie. Uh, Work-life balance um, and the environment here. Um, and the bottom one is how they rate the organization. And so the dark blue, the light blue, and the orange is uh, probably three quarters of this pie. Uh, and it's all positive. So I think, you know, the organization rating has gone up. Um, so that is, that's a good thing. And then the uh, blocks down the left side uh, are about how they rate their job. And so we have excellent, very good and good. Uh, we only have a few that are, um, you know, fair and poor. Um, so I think overall it looks good. Um, during this quarter, we had 49 uh, interviews get responded to. 
And um, that we have about a 45% response rate on the exit interview process that we're, we're collecting information for. So this is available now to all of our managers and above. Um, there are filters down the left side so somebody can look at just Highland Hospital or Alameda and the numbers will change. Uh, there are also many other tabs where you can look at um, different ratings that, that the questions have been asked different ways. And so we get different um, information. Um, I only printed off the first, the front page, but um, it's, it's good information. And we also are collecting comments from people in this process. We are not publishing the comments to everybody um, because if, if you know, you can read it and say, you know, Karen's, Karen Skelman's being mean to me. Um, and if enough people say that, then we want our HR business partners to go talk to Karen Skelman and tell her to stop it. Um, but we don't want the whole organization to see that, you know, a certain manager is getting called out. So we have the comments hidden uh, from everybody uh, except for HR um, and the business partners. And so they're, they can take that information and work with the leaders to when we start to hear, you know, the same pattern over and over. Okay, great. You said that it was about 45%. So response rate, yeah. Response rate. So we had about a potential maybe close to 90 that we could have interviewed. Yeah. Is there any um, discussion about how we can increase that number to get more participation? I think that's great though. 45% is actually good, but. Yeah, I mean, it's voluntary. And so what happens is we tell the work institute who, the, who has left the organization um, and they uh, call, they try to contact each employee uh, they will make six attempts to contact the employee. And if the employee is reached, then they have the option of responding to an exit interview. This is this program. Um, and so we're getting about 45% of our terminations responding. So I don't know how we would make more people answer our question. Yeah. I don't know how we do that. Yeah, I think 45% is actually pretty good. But I was just wondering how we could actually maybe increase that. But uh, thank you. Yes. Very good information. Any questions? This is our uh, one of our other dashboards. This is turnover, same time period. Um, and this is just showing the number of new hires, um, the number of terminations in the, in the three months, um, and how many of them were first year, how many were second year, um, and then how many have, have stayed longer, still left the organization in this quarter, but have been, this could be anybody from three years to 50 years, you know, they, they've stayed. Um, and this part is just showing uh, the the blue is our, our uh, terminations and the green is our new hires. So that's a pretty big jump right there of our new hires um, in each month. And then down here at the bottom is just a tabular table of all the same information. Um, the gas gauge is showing that we are under our goal uh, is green. And our goal for a three-month period is 4.25. Um, when we annualize it, our, our goal is 17% annually. Um, and we had 143 terminations. And again, this dashboard is available to managers and above. And they can also filter down the left side by facility, by um, SBU, by department, by union. So it, it also is able to be used. The other tabs on this have ones where we have which department had the most terminations, um, which, you know, which department had not any terminations. There's a lot of departments that don't have any terminations. So um, they go long periods of time. They have small headcounts, um, but we can see through this dashboard where the majority of the terminations are happening. Any questions? Any questions? <laughs> 
And then this is the diversity dashboard. This has been out for a while. Uh, this is available to all employees, not just leadership. Um, and this is, uh, this is the tab that is showing by age group. Uh, we have 5,430 employees as of the end of June and seven, almost 72% are women and um, the other 28% are male. Um, and this chart in the top is showing the age groups are the different colors and the ethnicities are uh, down the, the left side of the chart. And the top part is really in percentages and the bottom is the same data, but it's just in employee counts. Some people want to see what's the percentage and some people want to see what's the actual count. Um, we do find it interesting when we play with this dashboard, if we select the age group of 60 and above, uh, we probably have about 800 employees that are of retirement age, so, um, or close to it. <laughs> and that's a pretty big number. So I find that interesting. Wow. <laughs> that's, yeah, that is very interesting, actually. And a lot of them have a lot of years of service here, too. So I think that's my last dashboard. I mean, just, I think the next one just says thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Karen. I was Great information, a lot of information to take in and a lot of work that we can tell that you guys actually did on it. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Any questions from anyone? I do have one question about yes. that, that last, that 20% over 60. You know, there's a lot of baby boomers in our society and a lot of folks are moving out of the workforce at a certain rate. How do we, do we have a special plan for I mean, I know it's overall recruitment and retention, but 20% of the workforce at any moment can just walk away. Yeah, we um, we used to work with the recruitment manager um, who's no longer here, but, but but our plan would be to continue to work with uh, recruitment and isolating what departments those 800 people are in and seeing if there's a large number in a single or several departments so that we can be ready uh, if we do have something like what you're talking about. So that's part of workforce, the workforce planning and uh, that would be uh, in recruitment that they would need to look at that kind of information and, and plan ahead. And once we get um, some new leadership in uh, recruitment, then we can attack some of that. Thanks, Trustee Benji, go ahead. Karen um, and Lorna, I wanted to thank you. We have our DEI consultants who are also looking at the culture assessment and they've been working with, you know, Darsha and on the, but I was really helpful for them to have you walk through some of these things also as they kind of think about how they work with us. So just appreciate you making the time to meet with them. You're welcome. Yolona and here. Thank you. Any other comments? Well, thank you all so much. That was a great information, a great presentation. Let's move on to the strategic plan. Arlene, you're up. Thank you. Can everyone see my see this see the screen, the slide deck? Thank you. Yes, we can. So we wanted to provide an update on the strategic plan as it relates to the staff and physician experience pillar. Just as a reminder to reset or to set the orientation to our strategic plan, this is the visual of our pillars, values, enablers. I think everyone's familiar with this, but we can certainly pause to answer questions if there are any. And again, focus on staff and physician experience. 
So a little bit of orientation to the design of this slide. Our PACE partners helped us design the template for these slides. And I think we will likely see this design uh, utilized for all updates for our strategic plan. The number that appears in, um, close to the top left corner is will, will not appear sequentially through each of these slides. It designates the initiative under each of these. So you will see two, three, five, six, they will not be in order. So into the content, um, initiative number two is to foster an, an environment of trust within AHS's leadership caregivers and care partners. The action is to ingrain work standards surrounding equity, diversity, and inclusion in day-to-day -day operations. And our update, the outcomes to date are, we have rolled out an equity assessment tool, which was developed in our Olay team. I think almost everyone here has, is familiar with that and has seen it presented in a couple of different forums. We've launched our gender inclusive language training. This came, uh, this has been uh, passively launched, but we also announced it following James's um, celebration of um, the um, Pride Month. We followed uh, our that the James's announcement with uh, the gender inclusive language training, and we will be re-emphasizing some of that. SB 464 is Dignity and Pregnancy and Childbirth Act, which is a required training around implicit bias every two years. That is ongoing. There has been some transition in our ONG leadership, and we are partner We will be partnering with them to determine how best to really hit the mark on training requirements for that specific group, as the legislature does specify uh, perinatal providers and staff. The next initiative is to uh, invest in internal education growth programs for our leaders, staff, and physicians. The action is to develop Leadership Academy for program, a program for leaders, staff, and physicians. I believe everyone is aware that our Leadership Academy was instituted in 2017. Um, our most recent enhancements to Leadership Academy, we have instituted the DISC assessment tool and are utilizing it in all forums, including our mentorship program, Leadership Academy, as well as the next item that's listed there, Professional Development Academy for individual contributors. So anyone who's unrepresented and is interested in professional development um, attends a, a scaled down version of, of the Leadership Academy, but it's very much uh, customized for them and they have the opportunity to uh, complete and understand more deeply the uh, DISC assessment tool as well. We piloted our Alameda Health System mentorship program, a total of 14 participants with seven mentors and seven mentees. We will be launching our second cohort, which will have heavy concentration of nursing leadership, thanks to partnership with Roe, uh, beginning in late August, and it will span the, the approximately six months. Uh, we have also launched a bi-monthly new leader orientation series where in, uh, new leaders can attend a shorter version of Leadership Academy. It's, it's, focused, for, uh, it's focused on new leaders, those who 
um, are interested in, in understanding more deeply the tools and resources that are available to them. Lorna and I opened a um, session this morning and it was interesting to note that not all the attendees were brand new. Many were just there to freshen up their information and knowledge and to really, I think it's an opportunity to network with colleagues as well. We've continued with our growth space coaching contract. We have a co the first cohort was 50 participants. The current cohort is uh, 25. Our contract with growth space uh, is um, spans until January of 2024. The feedback has been fabulous. I'm able to view the dashboard in growth spaces platform and they facilitate a feedback um, mechanism at the midway through five sessions and then at the end of the five sessions and it's all very positive so that's been a that's been a satisfier the one comment that they have um, that's come up a couple of times is that people wish they could have more than five sessions and unfortunately that's not possible um, but that's good to note because the coaching is uh, valued uh, Karen shared our diversity dashboard and our exit interview dashboard. So there's a lot here before I before we move on to the next slide. Are there any questions on this one? Alina, uh, I have a question. So is the mentorship program and the growth space is funded for the next uh, fiscal year? Yes, mentorship trustee Banerjee is an internal program. We have our own executives sitting in this room serve as exec as mentors, and we um, identify aspiring leaders to partner with them. The growth space program is through Total Rewards, and it is a contract external resource. Thank you, and that is uh, so. Will that be expanded? Or right now, I know that it's a small. Uh, or is that, um, is that open to all of us? Yes, the contract is limited in terms of number of seats. And Lorna and I've talked about other types of coaching vendors who provide the same type of, of, of service. And then it's all um, bundled into our benefits and total rewards program. So I think uh, we will revisit the contract and we actually have um, met with competitors, other coaching programs who offer something similar and, and have other types of uh, features like group coaching and team coaching as opposed to just individualized. Thank you. I think it's great that um, the new leader orientation series is happening and you have new leaders and I heard you say that you also have um, current employees that, that are not necessarily considered new leaders, but just wanted to freshen up on things. So I think that's great that you actually are allowing them to participate as well. Thank you. All right, next slide. Um, so continuing on the uh, Invest in Internal Education Initiative and Develop Leadership Academy programs, we also upcoming in the very short term is to create a physician leadership academy, which I which is obviously called out in the in the strategic plan. We have um, begun those discussions. They're very very early, and we also um, want to achieve or must achieve 100% participation in anti-racism, structural competency, and equity explicit training. That is underway with um, with our OLA team 
and in a couple of different forums, we're uh, facilitating lunch and learns and, and planning to expand the SB 464 implicit bias training that's required of some. We are planning to uh, broaden that offering so that it is available to all and we will track participation and completion. Yes, so um, I, I just wanted to note this and for clarification, I don't know if you have the answer now or not, but um, we were reading the HMG meeting minutes and they had a, a physician leadership academy in the works. And I, I think what we want to make sure is that there are no more silos, like one group having their own physician academy and we having our own and for us to be paying for like these double, triple redundant things. So, Whoever is the physician, whether they're AHMG contracted or others, is that if there's one consistent academy that people can all bring their talents and brilliance to develop this, I think that would be really good. So just making sure that through our ELT, that those who, um, you know, our HR doesn't interface a lot with their HR, but to be whoever is that bridge to make sure that information is is passed on so that we have one fantastic physician <laughs> academy for all our physicians, no matter what group they belong to. Can, can I make a comment? Yes. Um, I was presenting at the Leadership Academy today, and I think that there was three or four uh, physicians from uh, AHMG in the cohort. So I think they are attending um, the Leadership Academy, um, and we may need to, to tailor our information a teeny bit more um, with the with the focus on some of these physicians, because I don't not sure that they participated as much before, um, but they are in the in the Leadership Academy. They were in there today. I saw I saw four of them. Wonder if that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just also say that there is work underway. Ahmad, Dr. Tornabeni, and others as part of the HMG bargaining to coordinate our efforts um, uh, and not have the duplicate um, services provided. And so that is a part of the discussion, um, Chair Banerjee. Thank you. And one more one more comment to add is that uh, there have been initial meetings, Dr. Hakilaswaran, Dr. Turnabeni, and uh, part of the LA team and I have met to, to, to really co collaborate on this effort. And Karen referenced uh, physicians attending Leadership Academy. Prior to this year, approximately 25 physician leaders had attended. So, but noting the distinction between and the collaboration with HS and HMG. Wonderful. Thank you. Next slide is initiative four, which is to invest again, invest in, and this is future oriented, um, increased de developmental orientation. And um, I know Lorna is, has been uh, instrumental in many of these as well. So I'll share the slide with her. We will create and promote an inventory of developmental opportunities available by department and level. And so I'm just going to pause, Lorna. Is there anything you want to add at that at this point? Okay, uh, working on creating an incentivized structure for participating in developmental opportunities, working to reward performance and growth as part of annual review, and we will be implementing mentorship programs for nursing and represented staff. So I mentioned <laughs> earlier, uh, Roe and I have met, and we are looking at 
that first tier of vice presidents for the um, for the uh, nursing team to participate as mentees in part of the next cohort. And then the question surfaced in our leadership chat around represented staff participating in uh, a mentorship program. And so we are we are meeting with our labor consultant partners in HR and then we'll determine how best to move forward with discussing that with our unions. And finally, empower staff to make accountable decisions independently in an efficient manner. The action is to provide public recognition for staff successes. And I think at this point, I will turn to Karen Skillman, who's been heading up the employee recognition program. I know she's offline, she's on mute. I'm not sure she's still here. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Um, I think Lorna has some slides to present. So we uh, do have a new group of employee at the quarter. Um, that we um, will be announcing at the leadership desktop chat next week. Uh, they have all been announced individually into their departments. Um, and so we've been waiting for them all to know so they don't hear it here first. Um, and then we do have a system that we need to continue to launch that uh, is sending out all of our monthly service awards. Um, and now um, we need to open up the rest of the, the recognition system to everybody else. It's called Superstar Recognition. Can you talk a little bit about how that recognition program, what that would look like? Would it be? Yeah, it's a points program. And um, so each leader in the organization will be able to award points to their to anybody in the organization. So each leader gets to award five awards each year. And uh, it's for $25 or 25 points, 50 points or 100 points. Um, and then they award those to employees who, you know, go beyond, above and beyond. Uh, and then those points, um, they can go onto the recognition platform and spend those points. They could save them or they could spend them for merchandise in the recognition uh, shopping catalog. Um, so that's, that is going to be launched. Uh, it's all set up and ready to go. We just have to get the communications out. That's a great idea. Thank you. Yes. Oh, it also has, sorry, I forgot one part. It also lets you send, um, give, uh, not gift cards, but e-cards to employees just saying, thank you, uh, or you did a good job, happy birthday, happy anniversary. So there's there's that kind of tracking in there as well. Thank you. That's the end of our presentation. Are there any questions about our strategic plan update? Thank you so much, Arlene. Any questions from anyone? Thank you. Just a nice comprehensive and array of you know, um, initiatives and the Daisy Award implementing that is really special. So okay. thank you. Yeah, I love that the the extra leadership training is also going to staff and nurses and not just to leaders of education. It makes a big difference in morale for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Arlene and the HR team. Um, Lorna, I think we're on to you for HealthPath. Wonderful. Thank you. I get to do the fun stuff, so I'm very <laughs> happy about that. Yay! Can you guys see my screen? Yes. Okay, great. So as you can see, this is HealthPath. And again, just to remind you, for those of you who are not as familiar, this is our program that brings over 400 youth into Alameda Health System. 
um, all the way from junior high to college age and college graduates into all different programs throughout the year. So this says 500 youth because we, we see anywhere between 400 and 500 youth every year, year after year since its creation. Um, and as you can see that, you know, there's many, many different contributions that the program gives, but I'll just run down a few of them for you to, to remind you of the great work they're doing. So we have the Young Men of Color Internship Program, and we run this during the spring break. And we have um, young men of color in the Alameda County that come from junior high that spend their spring break with us. We have the HEAL Internship Program, On-Ramps to Health Careers Internship, Gateway to Health Careers, Next Level Youth Program, the CNA Highway to Work Program. We now have a new ER Tech Highway to Work Program. And we have the Community Health Worker Apprenticeship, which is under development and ready to launch. So this is a little bit about our HEAL programs. Some of you are familiar, familiar with the program, um, but it introduces high school students to career opportunities in healthcare. Student gain exposure to health careers. They do departmental rotations, introduction to health careers, um, professional life skills, simulation lab experiences. Does anybody have any questions? I wanna stop and be thoughtful. Any questions? And this is just a breakdown of the demographics because I know that everybody loves data. And so this just shows we still have a preponderance of females, which is not uncommon for healthcare, but we still have 71% females coming into our programming and 29% male. And this just shows you a little dashboard of what the race breakdown looks like um, for our program um, with the majority coming from Latinx. So the Gateway to Health Careers program or internship, um, you know, we pay, place um, youths and interns in all these different areas within the hospital system. I will say that we have, um, dedicated leaders that year after year always take interns. Um, nursing is one of our um, areas that always takes interns along with human resources, patient population, patient safety, ambulatory compliance and internal audit. Um, and I will say that the interns that we get are usually, um, you know, they far exceed our expectations as far as they come in with advanced technology skills, they can do, you know, presentations and run data and their accuracy is beyond reproach. I will give you an example. I lent my two interns to um, physician credentialing a few weeks ago and they for three days did data input. Oh, I want to say it was over 400 records and they audited their, you know, their records and they found zero um, errors. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So um, this slide just again is a little bit of the demographic breakdown and I'm actually missing the header. So I apologize. I don't, I think that this one might have been added in error. And our health path team is comprised of two managers. Many of you know that our fearless leader, the director, Jessica left for um, a post with the governor. And so we have Joyla, and Joseph who run the programming. 
Now, did anybody have any questions before I go into my CHRO report? No, I think it's just exciting to see the internship programs and how you start at middle school and, and you kind of tap into to the kids starting at middle school to high school to college in all the different areas and facets. Because a lot of times when you have um, internships for hospitals, people think of just the docs and physicians. They don't think of everything else that goes with it. So I think that's, yes, great. Thank you, Lorna. Any questions? Any other questions? Okay, so I'm going to start off with um, what we referenced before, which is the employee of the quarter. So as you can see, Joe Vita right here, nurse manager surgery at Highland, got the employee of the quarter. Um, she was already um, notified of her award, and she'll be highlighted in the CEO chat next week. We have Thomas Rooker, rehabilitation counselor for the Fairmont campus. And let me just say, Lorna, we're actually moving into your report as a CHRO. So we, we transitioned into Tony's report. Yeah, we trans, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right here. <laughs> That's okay. And so Thomas Rooker from Fairmont. And then we didn't have a picture, but we have Erica Wilson from San Leandro. And Gina Wadajo, Wadajo uh, the Alameda nurse and the critical care unit. Reina Lopez from Regulatory Affairs received the award for system services. And Dr. Ng, and many of you know Dr. Ng, she's hilarious. Um, she's very fun to work with. We enjoy working with her in every venue that we get to. Uh, we attended um, uh, the executive medical, the medical executive committee this morning and she, she started off uh, with making a joke. So I love working with her. And she's oh, amazing. Her cake. Have you seen her in her cape? No. no. Oh my God. She has a like a, a superwoman cape that she wears occasionally. And so after the perfect survey they had, she she came in in her cape. She deserves it. She really, does. <laughs> she really wants that cape. Yeah. But wonderful to see all the employees of the quarter across our care settings. <laughs> so I'm going to move into the next slide, Joe. Um, some of you may have seen this before, but this. You know, I've invited um, one of our Huron partners here to speak to any questions that may come up. I have the steam Jackie Gaines here from Huron. Um, and, you know, I, I know that many of you have met her before. She'll be able to answer any specific questions. But this is about our next journey with Huron, which is the operational leadership's excellence journey. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm hitting my next button and it's not going next. So I apologize. There we go. There we go. All right. So the investing in AHS leadership. So the future state, our strategic objectives are to be recognized as a world-class system of care, um, best decile performance in every category, five-star CMS performance, leapfrog A grade, known as a best place to work and nimble and responsive effective team. And how we plan to achieve these goals is by enhancing our leadership development. So um, Huron will be partnering with the OLA team um, to get the needed skills to achieve strategic objectives, improving employee experience and reducing turnover, providing targeted coaching with leaders so you can drive and model behaviors behavioral changes in the organization. 
This is a slide that I know many of you have seen before, so I won't belabor the point, but the most important addition that you may not have seen is that bottom quartile that says here on EBL and it's start alignment system, leadership development, standard leader work, outcomes management, standardization of processes and accelerators. And so I wanted to ensure that you saw that this is an addition. And I don't know if we wanna stop here if anybody has any questions, if this is a nice, can I answer any questions or Jackie? So I have a question. So the buckets of information, the quality of care, staff and physician experience, sustainability, community connection, those are buckets, right? And then, and so those are different goals that'll be measured. Then when you go to the bottom with trust, accountability, data, and then health equity, diversion, diversity, and inclusion, that's going to be that to me, that means that that's across all the goals, right? That's correct. But I don't right. know if you... And I don't then, know. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Lorna. Sorry. I was just going to say, I don't know if Jackie wanted to speak to that, to elaborate on that. Oh, only, hello, everyone. Um, good evening. It's been my pleasure listening to your dashboards and stuff. Good job. Uh, some good stuff going on. Um, the, the, the things that you are correct going across the bottom of the strategic priority areas that have been outlined, quality, staff, um, and physician experience, sustainability, community connection, all of those things at the bottom, the trust, the health, uh, the heady work, is, is you should be, it should be palpable and threaded throughout all of those um, strategic areas. So as we develop goals, they will be taken into consideration, but that it touches everything. It's not a single bucket. It, it should be threaded throughout everything. And just for those who don't know what EBL means, means evidence-based leadership. So basically this isn't sort of something that's coming out of my head or one person's head. This is really research-based kind of leadership leading practices to help drive the outcomes that you guys want to achieve. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. Any other questions? Yeah, no, I, I'm here. I'm trying to forward the slide deck. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's having, she's having problems forward, um, there we go. Oh. There we go. Sorry about that. So key activities, as you can see, design a detailed plan, outlining recommendation, recommended initiatives and tactics, expanding the best governance structure, develop communication strategy, conduct cultural health survey with all leaders, increase alignment and accountability by developing and cascading goals, um, deploy thoughtful leadership development program, improve staff and physician engagement and retention, provide special, specialized ED coaching to improve operations and throughput, provide specialized physician coaching, including deploying physician leader development program sessions, Optimize Syntec rounding so we can capture the voice of our patients, employees, and physicians. And I will say that part of this programming and, and this plan predates when we brought in Brown Consulting to do the, the work with the board. So they do know that we're going to have to synthesize and coordinate our efforts in all of those areas that touch on 
current activities that were already underway, along with coordinating with our current activities that we have in Olay, right? Um, so we do have a lot of um, key deliverables, but I do think that we can work towards um, combining and, and making this a cohesive project. Any questions? So Lona, is this going to come to finance or others for a contract approval? What is the next step? I will defer to Ahmad. My understanding is that it is um, the cost is under a certain threshold. It does not have to come to finance. If it's, I think uh, that's my understanding. Dollars or if it's less than a million dollars, it doesn't go to the board, but that doesn't mean we can't, but that's what you would. Yeah, we would like this to come. This is big enough, a whole culture change thing that needs to come to the board, not for any, but for um, information at least. I know that, so is it still the same? Like I know that initially it was a seven and a half million dollar uh, thing and now there's a monthly fee, but basically coming to that same, um, is that what it is? How no. is this process no. for? The plan has been recalibrated with the feedback that we gathered when we met with each of the trustees in those sessions back in the spring. And the plan has been recalibrated, taking into, um, you know, taking in the the feedback that everybody provided, including the cost, including the ability to um, divest if we had to. Um, so they have recalibrated even the goals. So we're looking more at targeted initiatives versus um, what the plan was originally, because the feedback was that it, you know, we didn't have the money, that it wasn't nimble enough to be able to end if we became in a financial crisis. So this is a different plan. I'd be happy to also sit down with you, each of you individually to kind of go through because there's a lot of work that we have to do to be able to collaborate these plans with Brown Consulting and yes. to make sure that we're not doing duplicative work. So is this 10 plans at 750000 each? I'm sorry? Is this 10 plans that cost $750,000 each? No. No. I think the whole plan is for the whole year is under a million dollars. How many years are we looking at? It's year to year. I mean, the plan is that we would do it in phases, right? So we would have actual, you know, productive metrics that we come up with that we build a show at the end of 12 months to, before we would take on to phase two. And that's my understanding of what, you know, why we broke it down into discrete increments of time. How many phases are we anticipating? Over how many years? Um, the original plan was that we would do it for five to seven years. And so I, I think that depending on, you know, because we broke this down, it depends on what we actualize um, in results to be able to determine if it continues on each year, right? So we may decide that there it's been so productive that we want to continue this work um, beyond that. But each year we'll have a discrete period of time to assess the metrics and whether we've been, the plan has actualized the goals. And has it started or is it uh, about to launch? No, the work has not begun other than I'm sure the best product, the best projects are still, you know, measured and um, there's, there's still work being done on that. Um, but we have not engaged in the, in the work yet. 
Thank you. I don't know if I wanted to add anything, Jackie. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're you were right on. I think that we listened to all of your feedback. That you know, at least the you know, I know I've been engaged with several of you. Um, you know, just to make sure that we're on track, and and we went back and retooled the whole thing. And you know, you'll have the option on a year-to-year -year basis to see if it's what you want, if it's a good fit. But you also have the option to pull out at any point. So it's not, you know, it's not something that uh, you have to do if you feel like this is not being helpful. But, you know, I, I think that behind the scenes, the coaching team that we've assembled um, is really some of our best and brightest that we're bringing to um, Alameda. And we're, we've been planning so that we can launch fairly quickly within the next 30 days if we can move forward. Good. And I, I hope like as you're kind of doing this, as much co-design with the people who will be doing like our ED staff and others that, you know, they feel they have some say in how this is being designed. So wherever you are, throughput and others, like deep, deep co-design element would be strongly well, urged. Absolutely. And let me tell you, the first phase of this is really more about talking to people, key okay. stakeholders in each of these areas so that we, the, that's why you don't have a fully fleshed out tactics. What are we going to do yet? We need to listen first. And, and it does, you, you guys have a lot of stuff going on. So we want to make sure that it's coordinated with all the good stuff you're already doing. This should be elevating what you already are doing, not taking you off track. You know, so um, I think I think this will be complementary, but it but will serve as an accelerator to your current work. Not sort of we're we're not lone rangers out here. We definitely have to listen to stakeholders, and that's the whole first part of this. While we're anxious to get started, to get that in place so that we can get a um, retooled uh, coaching plan as to what the next steps are, but not never alone. It's always you know you know, done with a lot of engagement across the board. Thank you, Jackie. Anybody else, other questions? No, not at this time, thank you. Okay. And so here's a look at the team, um, the team that they have um, chosen, selected to be a part, um, to partner with AHS. We have um, Sean Cleary, who's been working on and was an intimate partner for the best projects, Debbie Ritchie, um, and as you can see, Jackie right here, um, and all the other leaders that they have um, picked to be partners of AHS. So now I'm gonna move on if there was no other questions. No, I don't think we have any right now. Thanks. I really wanted to highlight this, this individual. This is um, Dr. Jefferson. Um, he is a fourth year resident in the Highland ED. And I had the pleasure of going and watching the Sim Lab a few weeks ago with our um, Health Path interns. And Dr. Jefferson was in there on his day off volunteering with the youth. And then I was asking questions because no one had told me that he was one of our volunteers, our employee volunteers. And um, I found out that he's been doing this for 
over a year that he's been dedicating his time to all the different cohorts that come through Health Path and volunteering. And I'm sure many of you know that um, we have physicians, especially even our residents who work many, many hours. And so for this young doctor to come in on his day off and to volunteer um, with our student is just incredible. Now there'll be additional write-up pieces working on a write-up um, of his contributions, but I just thought it was really important because there are so many um, employees that work here who go above and beyond, not only in their job, but outside of their job. And Dr. Jefferson is definitely one of them. And I thought you would enjoy to see that not only is he probably working 80 hours a week, but he's coming here on his day off and to volunteer with our youth. And he really is an unsung hero because no one had told me that he was doing all these hours until I just happened to be observing. And so it was just such, so refreshing and renewing of my spirit to see that we have so many people that care about um, our institution and our programs that we generate. And so I thought you would in the corner. Yeah, that's awesome. We have so many unsung, uh, you know, soldiers that they go, you know, unnoticed because we don't know. And um, one of the things that we were talking about even at um, Alameda County is how we are so accustomed, and I, I know AHS is as well, we're accustomed to dealing with things and handling them and moving to the next and handling it and moving to the next and really not stopping to really talk about the successes and the things that we've done that you know really make the work that we do worthwhile so that's great to see or if i may i think did, did you share with me you elaborated a little bit when you came in he was i think in like shorts or some kind of and so you i thought he was one of the yeah i thought he was <laughs> because he came in in shorts and a t-shirt and i saw him talking to the students and to be honest with you our students kind of you know, a lot of them wear lab coats because they're working in clinical departments. And um, so I wasn't sure whether he was a student because they're college age, right? And um, we know that our residents don't get to see the light of day, so they don't age. Um, <laughs> he was actually there facilitating the sim lab and it was just astonishing. Um, and, you know, of course the, the students really relate to him because he is so young and I, if you, if you guys will let me digress one, just a little bit more, I wanted, I wanted to also just read to you something that I got from a student last year um, that I just thought was so poignant. And I, I, I was thinking about putting it on the slide because it really speaks to when they get to have mentors like this um, and they, you know, it really does make a huge difference. So I'm just gonna read this to you. Um, as a young black male from Oakland, California, I lacked relatable role models growing up. I always wanted to go to college, but I always knew, or always thought about being a doctor was out of reach for someone like me. After I saw the young black doctors working at Highland, I realized it was possible. So wow. seeing him that day brought back that card that I got from a prior health path intern. And I actually think that health path intern was one of our interns from the summer before. And he had saw um, what we had posted on the stacks of all the ED docs that were African-American in the ED at Highland, because they did a big splash about it. Um, and I just, this is what was so important to me because I mean, he really is a statement to those young people who are really deciding what they're gonna do with their, the rest of their life. And 
to be able to work next to somebody like that and know that it's possible. It's just, it really um, warms your heart. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I wanted to add that I know that for any of the mentorship, whether it's our volunteers, I know we've had a big volunteer group, but also for Health Path or some of the volunteer programs, do consider both uh, members as well. I can't volunteer others, but I'm sure we have like such a wealth of expertise, like, you know, um, within HR, um, policy, finance, governance, all of that, you know, health leader. So um, if, if our, you know, if there's interest among our board members that they might also be wanting to uh, contribute in this way towards the organization. Yeah, I'll add that, um We've had lately at least two comments during the CEO chat where people wanted to know if they could volunteer if they worked here. And so we have a huge desire among even our employee base who want to come back in some other capacity to volunteer. It makes it a little tricky for scope of practice and the regulation part angle of it, right, um, to volunteer outside of your position. Um, but we, we frequently get asked those questions if, can I volunteer at Highland, I work at San Leandro, or can I volunteer additional, you know, in a different department at the, at the facility I work at? So that's not an unusual question that I get. And from the mentorship point, I know that we were at the volunteer acknowledgement ceremony here. I think James had invited um, at Highland when we had that, and there were all these young folks at Many took my number and email, and I've had calls with some of them, and they like, can I have a 30-minute session with you or an hour session with you? And I'm always like, sure. Like, you know, I wish when I was young, too, like someone had been there, like I could ask, like, what's your trajectory? How did you get to where you are? What, 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 what would you tell your younger self now? Or, you know, and it's so reciprocal because I don't think it's a one-way thing, but we learn so much. Uh, from the brilliance and leadership of these young folks as well. So it's a very mutually beneficial uh, uh, engagement, uh, mentor mentorship. Very true. Thank you so much, Lorna. Thank you. Any other comments? Or? Great presentation. Yeah, great presentation. Yeah. I love that you walked in on the young man in action doing the good stuff without, you know, the unsung, right? He's just doing it because it's the right thing to do. No so that brings us to the end. I thought we were going to have a closed session, but we do we have a closed session? No, no closed session. Okay. Any other comments from the trustees or our executorship team? All right, well, thank you all for attending. Thank you for the presentations. They were awesome. And um, you all have a good evening. And what 